You're listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel. Of all the things that the angels could sing to God, they sing, holy, holy, holy. Not loving, loving, loving. Not forgiving, forgiving, forgiving. But holy, holy, holy. And what they mean by that is you alone, O Lord, are greater, are bigger, are stronger. You alone, God, are all of those things. You stand alone. The Bible describes many attributes of God. We know that He's loving and merciful and good, but today Pastor Dion points out the attribute of God that is mentioned more than any other in the Bible, His holiness. And holiness has a couple of meanings. For one, it speaks of God's separateness, that He is set apart from all others and is higher. But the word holy also speaks to God's sinlessness. Our God is totally unique in the universe He created. And unlike us, he's absolutely good and does no sin. Now let's join Pastor Dion in the book of Colossians chapter 1 as he continues his message, What is God Like? God existed before anything else. Let's read this part out loud together. And he holds all creation together. God feeds the birds of the air. He pushes up the grass and the wildflowers. And here's what Jesus said about it. If He does that, surely He can sustain you. Right? Luke chapter 12, verse 28 says, If God gives such attention to the wildflowers, most of them never ever seen, don't you think that He will attend to you, take pride in you, and do His best for you? Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, God sustains me, right? And then I love this when Isaiah said it best in Isaiah 46.4. He said, I will be your God throughout your lifetime until your hair is white with age. I made you. And I will sustain you. I will carry you along and save you. Yeah, that's a great place to applause God. Yeah. <laughs> so, nothing is too hard for God to create. He's all-powerful. Nothing is too hard for Him to sustain. Here's a third thing about His all-powerfulness. Nothing is too dead for Him to resurrect. Nothing is too dead for Him to resurrect. See, another witness of God's unlimited power is that He can bring the dead back to life. He resurrected Sarah's dead womb. You remember Abraham in the Old Testament? His 90-year-old wife, alright? Now, you know, he comes in because God told him that they're going to have a child. And he comes in and he looks at his 90-year-old wife and he says, Babe, we're going to have a baby boy. Uh-huh. Right? Sure we are. No, no. Her womb is dead. But, but listen, before it happened, but before she actually did get pregnant, Sarah doubted. She laughed at the promise of a baby boy. 
But listen what, to what God told Abraham after she laughed. Genesis 18.13 Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah, your 90-year-old wife, laugh? Why did she say, Can an old woman like me have a baby? It, it, is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. And guess what? She did have a son, and they called the baby boy Isaac, which means laughter, because God is the one who got the last laugh, right? He can resurrect no matter how dead. Here's another example. God resurrected Moses' dead staff. In Numbers chapter 17, there's a story where Moses' leadership got challenged. You know, he had led the people out of Egypt. He had led them across the Red Sea. And they were now traveling through the desert. But somebody stood up and said, Hey, who died and left you, boss, Moses? Who made you the hefe? Huh? What about us? Well, Moses got a little, you know, because now people were being divided. They didn't know whether to follow Moses or not. And so Moses goes to the Lord and he says, Lord, he says, you know, I'm going to need some help here. So God says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to endorse the leader by blessing his staff. That was, you know, their walking stick. It was, you know, their walking stick that had been passed down from generations to each tribe leader. All right? And he says, so I'm going to bless their, the one that I endorse, I'm going to bless their staff. So I want you to lay them at night in front of the door of the tabernacle. And then in the morning, I want you to come because the one that the staff comes alive, that's the one, the leader I'm going to endorse. And so, all of a sudden, the mor next morning, all those guys who were challenging Moses went over there to the tabernacle all anxious to see who, maybe their staff, you know, that dead stick is coming alive. And sure enough, there was one. It was Moses' staff. And guys, not only had it broken out a branch, but it blossomed flowers, and then at the end of it, there were ripe almonds growing right on that limb. On a dead staff! God! It doesn't matter how dead things are, His resurrection power proves that He is almighty, right? It does! Here's something interesting, guys, because centuries later, when the religious leaders challenged Jesus' authority, God did it again. God resurrected Jesus' body to prove to them and everyone else who is really the Messiah, who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It's Jesus Christ. Because things looked, guys, pretty bleak on that Good Friday. Jesus died on the cross. They put His lifeless body in a tomb. But then Sunday was a new chapter. The angels announced he is not here. Everybody, He is risen and it endorsed Jesus' authority no matter how dead things are. And here's something interesting. God promised to raise our dead body to be with Him forever when we believe in Jesus Christ. Isn't that, isn't that cool? So, I don't know. What, do you think He's able to do it? Huh? I know when that day comes, I know what I'm going to be singing because, you know, God's going to do it because He did it for Jesus. He did it for Mo. He, di he did it, so, you know, He promised to do it for me. He's going to raise me to be with Him forever. And when that day comes, I'm going to sing, Ain't no grave going to hold my body down. 
Ain't no grave gonna hold my body down. I'm gonna get up out of the ground, right? How, how many of you are with me? Yeah, right? Awesome. It's God's unlimited power. Everybody say it out loud. What? God's unlimited power. So that's three. God has is basically shown that He is all-powerful, number one, by His creation. Number two, by His sustaining. Number three, by His resurrection power. And here's number four. By His power to transform. Everybody said out loud, His power to what? Transform. See, no believer in Jesus, no person is too sinful, too twisted, too broken, too dirty, that God can't transform. Jesus said it's impossible for a person to save himself, to fix himself, to transform himself. No matter his money, his ability, his intelligence, no matter the therapist that he goes to or the rehabs he attends, all of those things will fall short. Guys, you learned it in nursery school. All the king's horses and all the king's men can't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. But God can turn our story around. <laughs> right? Jesus said in that statement, what is impossible with men is possible with God. Look at your neighbor and say, thank God. Because you were the impossibility. Some of you were the... Look at your neighbor and say, you know you were. Just look at them. What's impossible with men is possible with God. In fact, listen to this. Manasseh was the most wicked king in Israel's Old Testament history. So when I say the most wicked king in Israel's Old Testament history, they were some really bad apples and bad hombres in that day. Alright? They were. Alright? So when they say the worst, everybody say the worst. Here's what Manasseh did. He had tortured and murdered prophets and priests. He burned scriptures... And he turned the temple into an idol center where they would worship with sexual you know, practices in front of these idols in the holy temple. That's how disgusting, how, how, how bad this guy was. He was carried away in chains to Babylon. While he was in that foreign prison, he cried out to God and repented. God forgave him and redeemed and restored him back to his throne in Israel where Manasseh served God faithfully until the day he died. Only God. Everybody said out loud, what? Only God can do that. And what about Nebuchadnezzar? Nebuchadnezzar was a proud, arrogant, self-centered king of Babylon in the Old Testament that challenged and defied God as the, the one and only. You know, you're not the one and only God. You are not the, you're not above all. I am, he had a bad case of meitis. I, I, I. Look at your neighbor and say, I hope you never say that. Just look at him and say, I hope you never say But But listen, he had that. In fact, he was like that rooster that thought that the sun would come up every morning just to hear him crow. That, that, that was Nebuchadnezzar. Well, God humbled him with a mental illness. Gave him mad cow disease. In fact, listen to Nebuchadnezzar's sentence from God. Daniel chapter 4, verse 32. 
Here's what God said, And they shall drive you from men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make you eat grass like oxen, and seven times shall pass over you until you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives that kingdom to whomever He chooses. You're not all that, Nebuchadnezzar is letting him know. It took seven years. I mean, grazing like a, a cow in a, in a field. Seven years it took Nebuchadnezzar to come to his senses. He was so bullheaded. Pardon the pun. But just as God said, in seven years, Nebuchadnezzar repented. He decided to leave his bull in the field. And God restored him back to his throne. And King Nebuchadnezzar served God faithfully for the rest of his life. Everybody say, only God. Only God. I could go on talking about a liar named Jacob, a playboy named Samson, a bigot named Jonah, a prodigal named Matthew, a coward named Peter, a thief named Zacchaeus, a brawler named John, a murderer named Saul of Tarsus. I could go on and talk about all of them. God is the only one who can turn haters into lovers, jerks into jewels, selfish into serving, fickle into faithful, sinners into saints. Only God can do that. Can you say amen? In fact, David said it best in Psalm 40 verse 1. He said, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and He set my feet upon a rock and established my steps, and He has put a new song in my mouth. Everybody say, only God. Only God can do it. And then there's Zephaniah 3.17 where He says, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. Everybody said out loud, he's what? Mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Isn't that awesome? God's going to serenade you because that's what he does when he lifts us up out of that stuff where we're in. Wow. I love it. Don't you? All right. So God is eternal. God is never changing. God is close by. God is all-knowing, and God is all-powerful. But do you know what feature God uses as His profile picture? Which feature that He thinks is His best? The one He wants you to see the most. Which one do you think it is? We'll have to talk about it next week. Huh? <laughs> I have five minutes. Are you ready? It's this. Everybody said out loud, it's this what? Wow. Wow. I heard somebody say love. I heard somebody else say mercy. But God's main feature that He wants us to see more than any other is His holiness. See, holy is the word God uses more than any other to describe Himself. More than any other. More than love. More than mercy more than forgiving, more than powerful, holy. In fact, here's one verse where God describes Himself in Isaiah 57.15. For thus says the High and Lofty One who inhabits eternity, whose name 
is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place. Everybody say the word holy. Holy. Now the word holy describes two things. First, it speaks of God's separateness. Can you say that word out loud? Is what? Holy. God, it, it speaks of His separateness. See, God is exclusively unique. No one can stand with God. You see, God is ever-existent. He is self-sufficient. He is unparalleled, unprecedented. He is ultimate. He is unstoppable. He is unchanging. He is unforgettable. He is unavoidable. He is infinite. He is incredible. He is invincible. He is irresistible. He is immeasurable. He is incomprehensible. He is immutable. And He is impeccable. Wow, right? If that doesn't spark your fire, your wood is wet. And of all the things that the angels could sing to God, they sing, holy, holy, holy. Not loving, loving, loving. Not forgiving, forgiving, forgiving. But holy, holy, holy. And what they mean by that is, you alone, O Lord, are greater, are bigger, are stronger. You alone, God, are all of those things. You stand alone. Separateness. But the word holy also describes His sinlessness. Say it out loud. His what? Sinlessness. God is exclusively and uniquely perfect. Okay? In fact, God told the Old Testament prophet Habakkuk that he cannot so much as look at sin. He can't. He is so holy. He can't so much as look at sin. That's why Jesus, bearing our sins on the cross, cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? No longer was it Father like it was for you know, three and a half years. Because our sin had separated Him. And now He's saying, My God, my God, why have you forsaken God is so holy. He can have no fellowship with sin. Everybody say, wow. But that's the beauty of what Jesus did. See, sin separates us from a holy God. But God's plan since the fall of man was to again redeem and restore His creation. He never intended for man to have a broken relationship with Him. From the very beginning, He looked at that serpent and He said, you know what? Her seed, the one that comes from the woman, is going to bruise your head and you're going to bruise His heel. He planned it from the very beginning and on the day Jesus came, Jesus came as the perfect Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And He took upon Himself our sin and He gave us His righteousness so that we could have a relationship with a holy God. Last verse, here it is. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For He, that's God, made Him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. 
and because of that have a relationship with a holy God. God can't so much as have any interaction with sin. But, hey, listen, we're not coming to Him on our own. We're coming to Him based on the righteousness of Jesus Christ, the great exchange that took place on the cross. So when I put my faith in Jesus Christ, He takes my sin and I get His righteousness and the relationship with God that He promised. Isn't that awesome, guys? Give the Lord a clap offering. It's awesome. Which brings me to one other point that I probably shouldn't even share with you because it's not on my notes, but you guys like freebies? There's a verse in the Bible, several verses that say the same thing. Be ye holy. Be ye holy for your God is a holy God. Hmm. Now, let's understand that, that term. And let's understand the phrase. See, he's not asking you to be holy as God is holy. You can't. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a loser, man. You can't. You can't be that holy. You are not all that. I mean, you might go through life with your chest out thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> we all know you. Look at your neighbor and tell them, we know you. You can't be perfect. But we can be as good as we possibly can with the help of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're asked to be. We can't be perfect like God, but we can be obedient and faithful. And that's what God looks at. Obedient and faithful. You're going to make mistakes. You will always fall short. But here's the beauty of it. I don't have a relationship with God based on my goodness. You don't have a relationship with God based on your goodness. Thank God. We have a relationship with God based on Jesus' goodness. And even though I fail and I falter, but as long as I keep determining to be obedient and faithful, that's being holy. That's being separate. Look at your neighbor and say, thank God I needed to hear that. Isn't our God big, beautiful, and amazing? Father, we just want to say thank you. That you have, in your wisdom and in your outstretched arm chosen to reach out to us. We were nothing. And yet you thought enough of us to save us, to redeem us, to restore us. We thank you for that. We thank you, Father, for your word that just continues to reveal more and more about you so that we can understand, and more than that, we can experience you. Father, thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to The Simple Truth with Pastor Dion Cordova. We're so glad that you're here today. Pastor Dion has been getting up close and personal with the foundations of the Christian faith. And what better place to start than in the beginning? That's right, all the way back in Genesis 1 verse 1, which says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You might wonder why that would matter to the faith, but it really is one of the foundations. Think of it this way. 
The one who has the power to create galaxies out of nothing has the power to move in your life and circumstances. When you know that it was God who made it all, you can know that it's still God who's in control of it all. No matter how out of control the world might feel, you have this foundation to stand on. God created the world. He created you. And He has plans for you that have been in place since before the world began. Now that's a firm foundation. Thanks for joining us here today. The Simple Truth is a ministry out of Truth Ministries Calvary Chapel in Española, New Mexico. We're coming close to the end of our time here today, but if you don't want it to end, I have some great news for you. Are you ready? We've got more great messages stored up for you. Just head on over to tmcalvary.com to find them. At tmcalvary.com, you'll find a link to our YouTube archives with hundreds of messages from Pastor Dion. Okay, well, we've run out of time for today, but we'll be back again with more from Pastor Dion right here on The Simple Truth. See you then. Let us join our hands and together we stand. Together we